Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Radio Islam family, Juma Mubarak. Blessed Juma to all of you. Blessed Friday. You are listening to Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM, and we are streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. As most of you know, we are on every day. We're a daily talk. We co- well, we cover some of everything, but we're a daily program, and we come to you every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, and it's just always a pleasure to be with you, Radio Islam family. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, take a moment and stop by when you are on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Take a moment and stop by at Radio Islam USA. Like us, follow us, stay in contact with us. Our Facebook page is open, generally, as a matter of fact, as soon as I hit publish. All right, our Facebook page is always open uh, during our broadcast, so if you'd like to pose a question, make a point, you can do so right there, and we will interject that into our conversation, into the program. Um, For those of you who are listening outside of our tower area, those of you who might be listening to this right now, maybe days later, you might be doing so courtesy of SoundCloud. So make sure you take a moment, follow us on SoundCloud also, at Radio Islam, or Radio Islam Simply, and there you can listen to all of our previous previous episodes, and you can make comments, which is really a really nice feature that they have. You can comment at any point during the broadcast, which is really a a cool item, a cool feature that they have. Uh, Our phone number, for those of you who would like to give us a call, it is 312-750-1178. It is 312-750-1178. So it is Friday, Friday, Friday. So we've been, we've been having the good fortune, uh, the blessing of being able to talk with some really talented folks over the past three, three or four Fridays. And we kicked it off, this new feature that we have, the Friday night or the Friday Artist Profile. It's an opportunity for us to connect with Chicagoland's Muslim artists, whether they be spoken word artists, you know, just straight poets, musicians, dancers, comedians. I would love to connect with some comedians, have some, uh, get some Muslim comedy in here. Uh, that would be great. But it's a chance for us to connect with our, our culture shapers. Um, that's really what it is. That's what art is. It gives us a chance to talk with those folks, bring them in studio to see what makes them tick. You know, what is their motivation? What is their drive? What is the, the end game that they're looking at with their art? How long have they been doing it? Where do they see it going? And we've had some, some great conversations uh, thus far. As a matter of fact, last Friday we had in studio Muhammad El-Jamal, uh, and he is a photographer, and he, he does some, some awesome work. As a matter of fact, um, I had some conversation with, uh, with some folks after the show. Uh, but since then, uh, as a matter of fact, days later, and they were talking about just how phenomenal his work was. Uh, and he is on, let me see if I remember, it's 500px, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and I think also Twitter, at Momo's Art. That's M-O-M-O-Z-A-R-T. Uh, so if you, if you like art, the, what he does, fusing, uh, fusing traditional photography with the technology you know, of, of software like Photoshop, which is just something that you just can't not have. You just can't not have it today if you're uh, designing and you know, you're making anything that's digital. Uh, any type of di- digital promotions, you know, you're going to be using Photoshop. But the way he integrates those two things, it is it is really amazing. So do yourself a favor and check them out. So Radio Islam family, wherever you are right now, we hope that you are in good spirits. As a matter of fact, we hope your spirits perked up a bit when you saw what time it is. Uh, we hope that you are going into the weekend with uh, peace of mind and 
you know, that you have some great things planned. And if you don't have much planned, hopefully you go into it with a great attitude. You know, that, that's really not the point of what's on the table all the time, but who's at the table. So I know I've got a fairly busy weekend myself. So uh, that's a good thing. You know, we try to live a life of purpose. Anywho, before I start going down that, down that, uh, down that road, um, yeah, it is the Friday Night Artist Profile. So we've actually got a, well, we'll see. We'll leave it as a surprise. I posted it on Facebook. I don't know if, you know, so we'll see how many of our Facebook listeners uh, pick it up, you know, and see who the mystery Friday Night Artist Profile guest is. Uh, but I mentioned earlier that the, you know, art, it is tremendously important. Um, it is it's reaffirming. It, it shapes our identities. It shapes uh, values. Uh, there was a, a copyright guy. I mean, this is like in the early 20th century. And he was, you know, he was into copywriting and publishing. And he said, I don't care who makes the laws as long as I can write the songs. I'm going to say that again for you. He says, I don't care who writes the laws as long as I can write the songs, right? And you think about that, the idea behind that, you know, this, the idea that what we listen to, the songs that we sing, the, the things that become kind of an unconscious part of ourselves, that they shape our thinking, they shape our speech, our values, how we connect to one another. So art is, a, is essential. It's not something that we can, you know, that we can minimize or ignore. You know, it has, it's, it's a part of what, of what God has given us, the, the expression, the ability to express ourselves through, through just, I mean, just so many different uh, modalities. Um, and, it's, and it's something to be appreciated. But it also has the, uh, it has the ability to be used in a way that takes us away from uh, from our best selves, you know. And I think because art is subjective, you know, the way I feel about something like, you know, if you don't know what mumble rap is, uh, then just you know Google it. You know, if you, if you if you're a person who's who's grown up on uh, with hip hop, you know, with rap, you know, uh, such as myself, then you see how the art has changed and you know it continues to grow um, but the the messages that it conveys um, it's not always it's not it's not always in the you know it's not always in the best interest of the individual you know so anywho so as a, as a Muslim as a Muslim it's, it's extremely important for me to have artists that I can connect with uh, on, on a spiritual level. You know, there are artists that I connect with on, a, on an experiential level, you know, artists that may come from, that share similar backgrounds, but the spiritual level, I mean, it's so much, there's something to be said for that because it's not just about where we come from, but it's about where we're going. So on a spiritual level, we have, a, we have an idea, you know, as Muslims, as people of faith, that this is not all that there is. And oftentimes, particularly for, uh, for African Americans, right, I can't, speak to, uh, I can't speak to the experience of every corner um, or uh, part of the, the Muslim community. Uh, quick sidebar, which is one of the things I really am loving about uh, having an opportunity to be in this position is that my own my own awareness uh, and experience uh, is is just being you know it's just being expanded so much just because of the different people that I'm getting that I've uh, have an opportunity to interact with and learn from uh, so but anyway just speaking to the uh, African American experience when it comes to uh, as a Muslim when it comes to looking for music that you identify with on all levels, experientially, uh, spiritually. Um, there have, it's, it's usually, 
there is a there's kind of a bifurcation. There's there's a split, and it's so you find a lot of Muslims, you know, including myself, you know, who have grown up listening to to gospel, you know, because uh, quite a few, you know, there are many African Americans, not all. There there's some that are four or five generations uh, as Muslims, but there are some who have come into the religion, you know, they may be first generation, you know, or second, you know, whatever it is, but generally there is, there are Christians uh, in our families. Uh, and there is, and, and gospel is a product, not just of the African-American, not, not just of the Christian faith, but it is a product of the African-American experience. So it's not something that I, even now that I divorce myself from, it's a part of my own. Um, I, I look at it as a part of my, of my cultural heritage. Um, but suffice it to say that there are points where when I'm listening to that music that I have to make a conscious, I have to make a conscious effort that, you know, there's a, there are some differences. So all of that to say is it's wonderful to have Muslim artists uh, that can express and, and uh, that can re that reflect your own spirituality, your own beliefs, your own uh, thinking, uh, because it's affirming and it is, you know, it's empowering. So one of the artists that has really meant a lot, uh, a group that has been a lot to me, and particularly in my own, uh, as far as my own consciousness is concerned and my own understanding of what it means to be an artist. Uh, some of you may know, you know, I'm a, I'm a spoken word artist as well. Uh, one of the hats that I wear, uh, as well as writing and blah, blah, blah. But uh, one of those artists has been Native Dean. Now, so they, they've been around for a while, but they've, and they've, they've got a lot of music, but one of the songs that they did that was like, when you heard this come on, you know, you felt like the party was started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the party was started. So I'm going to, we're going to go ahead and play a little bit of M-U-S-L-I-M. Yes, Muslim, Muslim. So take a listen. This is Native Dean. We're on Radio Islam. We need y'all to stand tall, everybody now, come on, all around the world, sing it.
number one dean. I'm proud to be down with the Muslim League. All right. All right, Radio Slam family. I hope I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I wonder how many of you are familiar with Native Dean. Who who listens to them? Who's been to see them? Uh, they've been, you know, they've they've been on the scene for you know for a while, and have done a lot of. For me, you know, have done a lot of uh, just really thought provoking and inspirational uh, inspirational music, and it's something. It is really interesting to think about music that that stays with you, uh, you know, years later. You know, and I think that's also that's that's the power of music is that you can hear a song uh, at a particular point in your life. It resonates with you in a particular way. Uh, you find some comfort in it, and you know you're through that situation, and years later, you know, years later that song will come on, and it takes you back to that point where you connected with it. So for me, uh, this is one of those songs that, uh, and, and I'm trying to remember like what year this was uh, that it came out, but I think I was just, I had just gotten married. No, it's not that old, it's not that old. I've been married for 17 years. But, um, but my connection to the song, it's, it's just one of, of having uh, pride in in who you are and that to me is I mean that's so important when we think about you know we think about Islamophobia right I mean no one well, no one wants to talk about Islamophobia uh, but the reality is you know is that the identity the Muslim identity is one that is diminished it's one that is that is looked down on and it's one that some people and I shouldn't say it's not looked down on by, by everybody, by no means, right? There are certainly, there are more good people in the world than there are bad. You know, it's just that the, those who cause the most trouble, they, they stay the busiest. Um, but, um, but songs like, like that, like Muslim, you know, that, that, that up-tempo beat, the, um, just the certainty, you know, uh, of, the, of the lyrics. You know, I know a lot of people you know, include myself, found those, found those words and found songs like that to be really, you know, inspiring. Um, especially, and I think songs like that are needed now, you know, more than ever. Uh, where, where people can, can be themselves and where they don't feel this, this push or rush to, to try to look like everybody else or sound like everybody else. Uh, because, you know, in, in reality, without getting too preachy, that is really, that is really the benefit and, and the blessing of us being here uh, in America, in the United States, is that this is a, it's a social experiment of pluralism, you know? And that comes at the, with the responsibility of recognizing that everybody is not gonna look like you, talk like you, think like you, worship like you, so, you know, as much as we should find some, uh, uh, some solace in, in music that's affirming of our own identities, it should also, I think at the same time, allow us to, to have some uh, compassion ourselves, you know, among ourselves. Uh, I'm gonna share this quick thought. Um, and it's not, it's not just related to art. Um, this is something from uh, many, many of you, uh, Radio Islam family, know uh, and have heard and benefited from the uh, commentary and wisdom of uh, Dr. Sherman Jackson. And he gave an address at the 2011, I believe, uh, CIOGC dinner, uh, Council of Islamic Organizations of Greater Chicago. And one of the things that he mentioned in that, he talked about this idea of of, he, he, he alluded to this idea of pluralism within the Muslim community, right? So, and he said in particular to how we identify one another, right? These idea, uh, this idea of uh, methheb, right? So for our non-Muslim um, uh, Reader Islam family, uh, because you're part of the family too, right? Uh, the madhab is just, uh, it's basically just a, a school of thought. 
similar to, you know, you have uh, Lutherans and you have Methodists and uh, Episcopalians, right? So in Islam, you have Hanafi and, and, and uh, Sunni and, you know, and, and so on, right? So um, his point was that we, he said, we should practice, we should practice praying um, he said we should, he, he advised to practice praying in the, the different madhabs, right, according to the different madhabs. And his, his point in it, and I'm, I'm just relaying to you uh, what he said. You can do with it as you wish. Uh, if you got a question or a comment about it, we'd love to hear it. Uh, but his point was, is that once we begin to look at things as the indispensable portion or the indispensable thing, that defines us as Muslim or defines our worship as being uh, authentic, then we leave no room for the other expressions. Uh, and these are all valid expressions. So that was his point. Now, how I relate that to art, I have no idea. No, I'm just joking. Now, I relate that to art just on a base of they're different, they're different levels of, uh, of expression. Uh, they're different forms of expression, you know, from the nasheed to uh, what we just heard with uh, Native Dean, to someone like uh, an Amir uh, Suleiman, uh, or uh, Omar Afendam, or um, someone uh, like uh, Dr. Uh, Suad, you know. Uh, so we have many different, different expressions, different forms. And I think there's room for all of them. So folks, you are listening to Radio Islam. This is WCEV, 1450 AM. If you'd like to give us a call, we're at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back shortly. have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later. And you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah, and I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. Hey America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America on your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Radio Islam now presents Marked in Time with historian Faraz Al-Khatib. Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you. When we think of great explorers and sailors, the names that come to mind are usually the ones that we learned about in school. Columbus, Magellan, Marco Polo, and others. But one name that we don't usually learn about in the West is Zhang He. He was a Chinese admiral in the early 1400s and is commonly regarded as China's greatest explorer of all time. But he was also a Muslim 
and he helped establish strong diplomatic relations between China and Muslim states throughout the Indian Ocean region. Zhang He was born in 1371 to a Hui family. Hui is the name given to China's Muslim community that is no different ethnically and culturally from the bulk of China's people. He managed to get a job serving the Ming Emperor of China by the early 1400s, and in 1405 was appointed as the head of a giant expedition with the goal of establishing diplomatic relations with China's maritime neighbors. Between 1405 and 1433, Zhang He commanded seven voyages, each of which had at least 30,000 people, and he sailed as far as Malaysia, Indonesia, India, Persia, Yemen, and Kenya. He may have even taken his navy to Mecca so that he and the other Muslims with him could do the Hajj. Besides just being a great explorer and diplomat, Zhang He also helped spread Islam in the regions which he traveled to. In Southeast Asia, he supported Muslim communities with finances as well as with scholars who helped educate the local population and spread Islam throughout the region. Many communities in Malaysia and Indonesia see him as one of the greatest figures in the Islamization of their countries. Today, Indonesia has the largest Muslim population of any country in the world, and much of that can be attributed to this great Muslim sailor, China's greatest explorer of all time. I'm historian Firas al-Khatib with Marked in Time for Radio Islam. Thanks for listening. Listen to this for a second, family. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the name of this? Anthem. Levy Hill. All right. That's that's nice. That's nice. All right. Assalamualaikum. Welcome back. Had a little little interlude extended in interlude. You are listening to Radio Islam. It is Friday night. And though we don't have, well, I shouldn't say though we don't have an artist, we don't have a guest artist uh, in studio for the Friday Night Artist Profile, but we have been talking about some art, uh, some artists that have been inspiring. Uh, and so we did a little piece on Native Dean, but now we're going to transition. We're going to transition a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to say how we're going to transition. Uh, so I mentioned that I'm a, I'm, I'm a spoken word artist, right? I, I, I write, matter of fact, I have a book that will be out, inshallah, with God's permission at the end of the year. And it is steadily creeping up on me, so I got deadlines that I have to, have to meet. But I figure, why not? Why not share some of my own work, right? So I had to find something that was... Actually, that was radio. Uh, that was radio friendly, <laughs> and not that I use uh, not that I use profanity uh, in in my pieces. But uh, there are certain words that you know you can't use on radio, uh, and I use those as descriptors, you know, of uh, social conditions. So, you know, it's poetry uh, has served as a you know as a conduit for me to, uh, you know, like, like every other artist, to, to give my, you know, my commentary, you know, to give my, to give back what I feel I've received. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a piece, and this piece, loosely titled Enemy of the State. When we sing pain, we birth songs that make listeners think we dismiss the sun and ask for the rain. Hard raindrops falling on have-nots who dare not complain. Careful footsteps over treacherous terrain swallowing legs whole, watching men eaten by the earth again and again. Give us table scraps and the useless parts to eat and we feast. Hunger is a spice that makes the inedible appealing to eat. 
we've never wanted for imagination and creativity. Trial and tribulation have been met with jazz-like dexterity. We improvise, bend and blend, start on the offbeat and turn it into the main beat. Even when stripped down to our bare nakedness, we knew that the leaves could cover us the same way they covered the shady spaces beneath the trees. We've breathed in the negative exhalations of generations towards us and breathed out a gospel that could only be sung. A gospel that breathed life into lifeless beings that saw us as things. We remediated, we corrected, we held on to our souls and we fed them even as our bodies were neglected. We breathed out a gospel that could not be pushed back down the throats even as those throats stretched from crudely fashioned nooses. We breathed out a gospel that said blessed and highly favored even while riding in the backs of cabooses. You can't have heaven while trying to keep your brother in hell. You can't walk with your foot on a man's neck. The ground beneath him becomes your cell. We sang gospels for telling a life to come without chains, a life without the stains of hatred, without the foul odor of shame. Our song became America's song and everybody sings along. All are welcome and none are left alone. We sang gospels for telling a life to come without chains, a life without the stains of hatred, without the foul odor of shame. Your survival my survival, they are one in the same. And that's that. So uh, there, there should be some raucous, no, I'll say raucous applause, but, applause, but no, no, no. Um, yeah, so the book will be out. Uh, the book, uh, it is, the, the working title is uh, I'm Just a Hue Man, you know, a play on human. So... Ibrahim, you, you, you got something? Yes, mashallah, khair. Thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna have to step in here and play the host for a second while I interview our <laughs> while our host turns into kind of a guest or yeah. interviewee, I should say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I want to ask first of all, how does your Muslim identity contribute to your desire or your kind of passion to uh, artistically express yourself? That is a that is a great question. Um, I see, I, I see everything as Muslim, in the sense that you know that Allah has created us with dignity uh, and purpose, mm -hmm. and I feel that the African American experience, in particular, um, not that it is uh, that it is an exclusive example of oppression, but from my own experience, uh, that it it shows a denial of that Muslim identity of human dignity so even though um, like what I may write it comes out I'm, I'm using the, the symbols uh, historically of African-American oppression the hope is that it really I, that it resonates with that that human that aspect of all of us that 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 wants uh, that wants freedom that wants respect that wants dignity yeah so you're saying um Basically, the black experience in the United States has been one of experiencing someone's oppression. You're speaking out against that and fighting against that because you're a Muslim, because you believe Allah and His Messenger tell you to do that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, I think that's a very important point. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, um, and I think that expression, uh, okay, so this kind of leads me into the idea of we talk about civil rights. Um, that in a, in a sense we kind of missed the mark. The black experience is known in America, culminating sort of in you know in the civil rights movement, uh, and now sort of being redefined with the the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. But we've missed the mark because these are really human. These are human conditions. This is a human struggle. It's not a black struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, but it being presented in that way. Um, is really to the detriment of us as, as a whole. You know how the Prophet, you know, Sallallahu he said, you know, when, um, I'm paraphrasing that, when the believer uh, is in distress, one part, it's like one part of the body is, is uncomfortable, the, the whole body uh, aches. But that's not how 
we respond as a society or as a human family. We don't respond to each other's pain in that regard. We section it off so we have civil rights instead of looking at it as a human rights issue. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, another thing that I noticed in that piece was you spoke, speaking of pain, you speak how this pain that was experienced by the black community here in America um, kind of birthed these art forms, which were then became, which were so powerful and so vivid that they were then taken up by the masses. Um, now a controversial question, which I'm sure you've heard before, are these art forms, um, the most recent of which I guess would be hip hop music, are these exclusively uh, black art forms inside which other people are kind of to be treated as guests and then exclusively belongs to one community? Or is it something that once it's out there, it belongs to everyone? That is a, that is a good, good question. Um, and my, my soul says to me that art, once you give it to the world, mm -hmm. that is no longer yours anymore. Um, That's interesting. The, now, even as I say that, because we're in a capitalist uh, society where creativity is monetized, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and ex it's exported, and uh, black people in, in general have been kind of the, the cultural engine of the United States and to a large degree, you know, the, the rest of the world, that creativity has, has spread out because it's been, it's been marketed, it's been turned into a commodity. Um, and I know there are some who will, who will disagree because, you know, like you have conversations about artists like Eminem, where people feel like only, it's only because he's a white rapper does he get the attention that he gets. Mm -hmm. But in truth, Eminem is a skilled lyricist. I mean, he's highly skilled. And the fact that he, that he, is, that he is white, yeah, I mean, within the context that, that we're in, yes, he's definitely going to be noticed. I think, but it takes nothing away from who he, you know, who he is. I think he's probably a top, top 15, you know, uh, 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 lyricist. But, um, but when it comes to hip hop in general, there is an idea of stewardship, right? No one has, who has really taken on stewardship of hip hop to, to see that it serves at least some of the purpose that it initially was birthed into, uh, and that was a commentary on uh, the social conditions. It was a commentary on uh, inequality, on struggle, and and it was also party music too. I mean, that was a part of it as well. Right. But where it's gone today, uh, the voices that gave uh, that gave some perspective to uh, to social commentary that wasn't about you know, trapping. That wasn't about teaching people how to sell drugs or glorifying prison culture or glorifying misogyny or any of those things. You know, those voices have been muted uh, very much so, at least on a, you know, as far as like corporate radio goes. You think that comes with the commercialization of the art form? I think it's a marketing issue, right? Every, you know, things... If, if anything if anything has value uh, then it's going to be it's going to be promoted uh, but there's also the the idea that markets are created you mm -hmm. know people are if they if you see enough commercials telling you that you need to have this particular type of pants because it represents a social uh, status or an advantage or whatever eventually you're going to have some people who are not necessarily secure enough in themselves they're gonna feel like I gotta have those pants I think music uh, and other art forms are very much the same way where they've promoted it in a way where um, it, it has created its own its own audience so when I say marketing uh, and that's the beautiful thing about the internet now is that it really has democratized the, the, the sharing of information so you can have independent artists if they can market properly then they can get their uh, they can get their message out, but I think as consumers of music, we have to we have to establish that there is a need for music that is, I mean not not just you know with, with a nice beat, 
right, mm-hmm. type production, but it's also uh, value affirming that is culturally affirming that is that pushes us to you know uh, to strive for our best as opposed to encouraging us towards you know the the the, the baser elements uh, you know of, of ourselves. Yeah, um, dwelling on the topic of hip hop for a moment. Yeah, yeah. How do you think? What is the best way for us? as a nation to get back to those days of, I would say, maybe the late 80s and early 90s, mm-hmm. when I, I think, I guess, the socially conscious, social political uh, movement within hip hop was the strongest. There's one line in, in the, the poem that you read that reminded me of, like an old uh, BDP song, a KRS one. <laughs> okay. It says, uh, they create missiles, my family's eating gristle, yeah. then they get upset when the, pl- when the press blows the whistle. Yeah. The old songs. Flashback <laughs> to it. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm giving away my age there. <laughs> kind of. Um, is there a way to. Now, that kind of faded away as time went along. That socially conscious movement, as far as being the most popular, which was at the forefront of the popular music, yeah. that kind of faded to the background a little bit. It's still there. It never went away, I should say, no. but it's in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, what can. We as uh, listeners of music, I'm not exactly a listener of music actually mm-hmm. anymore, yeah. um, but as people who want to see that socially conscious movement within art, mm-hmm. right, or uh, in, within hip hop music and sp- uh, specifically, how, what can we do to bring that back to the forefront? Well, I like the fact that you said that it hasn't, it hasn't disappeared, you know, because it hasn't, it's, it's yeah. still there. But I think it's like if you walk into a store and you ask for a, a paint store, I'm here for some blue paint. And they say, I don't have any blue paint. Okay, and you leave and you come back the next day, I'm here for some blue paint. And they say, I don't have any blue paint. Somebody mm-hmm. else comes in, same thing, same thing. Eventually, that store is gonna get, they're gonna realize, well, we are missing out because we got people that are looking for a product that we are not supplying, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it speaks to if we're not demanding, you get what you ask for, right? And you also get what you what you accept. So, you know, it's, it's a twofold thing. Um, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not nostalgic in the sense that, because just like, you know, I remember listening to, uh, you know, like uh, Public Enemy or uh, X-Clan or, you know, um, uh, you know, Eric, Eric B., you know, Rakim. There were also you know, who sneaked in at that time was, you know, NWA, you know, came mm-hmm. in. Um, uh, cats like, you know, Schoolie D and, you know, and, and many other people that were not talking about, it was not socially conscious. It was more about, you know, get your money. Um, you know, it was the party life. And um, so, I'm, I mean, so I'm not nostalgic to the, uh, to the point where I don't, rec- I don't realize that we had the same things, you know, going then. Uh, but there was not as much, there was not as much attention, right? There was, you know, the spotlight was kind of shared at that point. But now, you know, it's, that, that spotlight is, is shining bright on the other side. So I think, you know, as for people who, who do listen uh, to the music, uh, I think we have a responsibility to realize that, number one, Music is not, it's not a benign thing. It's not, uh, it's not passive. You know, right. it actually has an impact on you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so realizing that if it has an impact on you, uh, for, for Real Slam Family, those of you who are adults that are listening, then we realize it also has an impact on our children. And kids are listening to stuff, whether, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, uh, if they're not in your, uh, under your, you know, I every hour of the day, then you don't know what they're listening to. So short answer uh, to my long uh, response is we have to create a demand. Uh, and if we create a demand, then the n- demand will be, it will be answered, you know. Yeah. Um, and then stop supporting some of the stuff that's just way out there, you <laughs> know. Some way out stuff out there now. Yeah. Now, um, if we look at poetry or art in general or music, mm-hmm. there are some forms 
of art that can be very socially in inspiring and uplifting to the society yeah. and have a positive impact. So would it be fair to say that this is kind of a two-edged sword, that there could also be, through music, uh, aspects of society and social life that could be negatively impacted by music or by other various art forms, poetry, or whatever it may be? Uh, well, th that's the absolute truth. Um, it it kind of goes back to the, I, I, I shared a comment uh, I read some years ago where a, a guy said he was in the entertainment business. He says, I don't care who writes the songs as long as, I, I don't care who writes the laws as long as I can write the songs. Mm. Um, and when we look at, if, if you look at, and I don't know if anybody's done studies on this, but now later on I have to go and look this up. But I would not be surprised if, if there is a correlation between like issues of domestic violence or intimate partner violence and the amount of music that is misogynistic mm -hmm. or that depicts violence towards women, um, especially in, in, in communities of, of color um, or, or theft or murder, right? Uh, if you listen to music that constantly where you know one black man is talking about killing another like he's absolute he means life means nothing at all to him and you listen to this type of music you know over and over and over again and i know some people feel like it's just entertainment i've had arguments with people on this but maybe maybe your constitution is stronger than somebody else's their, their mental constitution but yeah i think there's a definite impact on societal values based upon the type of music that we uh, that we give ourselves to, sub unconsciously. That's the other. That's the other thing. Subconsciously. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, uh, if, if you're not being conscious when you listen to music, like there's music that I listen to now, simply because I make it a point to know what the young people that I I work with um, are mm -hmm. listening to. Yeah. Uh, and because if if I don't, then I'm I'm going in blind. Um, right but they're not listening on the same, with the same intent that I do. So that's one of the things, you know, my conversation with is to teach them to listen consciously. And after a while, well, you might not want to listen, uh, <laughs> you know, to that, you know. All right, one last question, because we're starting to get to the end of the hour. Yeah. Um, just any advice that you would have for poets that want to uh, be involved in something socially conscious or politically conscious because I noticed also I follow poetry a little bit here and there yeah. uh, in America and I felt that poetry in America is usually resigned to being kind of a coffee shop thing right, right. whereas if you go to Latin America or other places in the world poetry is is very political it's almost overtly political yeah it's very charged, socially and politically charged. We don't really see that in the United States, at least not at this time, and not for the past, you know, decade or so, uh, generally speaking. Um, any advice for people who want to be get involved in poetry or fiction writing or nonfiction writing or any art form, and be politically conscious? Uh, well, I think the first part is, is education. Um, you know, it's one thing to talk about uh, your feelings. You know, and your feelings, you know, all of our feelings are valid, right? They're based in something. Uh, but when you're talking about something that you're trying to, you're hoping that resonates with a larger audience, uh, it has to be, it helps when it's, there's, an el there's a factual element uh, to it. Um, now, advice that I would give, I think, is simply to be, is to be true to your own experience. Um, and not, you know, uh, to make a to make a reference to, to hip hop. One of the the things that you don't want to do. One of the pitfalls of, of of hip hop right now is that people are following the same pattern. There's very little artistic. Um, uh, there's there's nothing very unique from one artist to the next. It's about three or four artists I can name right now that all sound alike to me. Yeah. Um, Even so, the tracks actually. Yeah, even the tracks. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah, the production. The same yeah, yeah. When production I hear the cars driving by, it all sounds the same. Yeah. Anyway, so with with the with uh, poets and and writers, I think find what what is the point uh, that you, that you're looking at. Like you know, I had to look through uh, through what I have to, to so I could do something that was appropriate for this venue. 
uh, but find something that that speaks the truth in its uh, in its in its barest sense, uh, because poetry that's an opportunity to really be honest uh, and and go beyond not 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 be rude, you know, but to to be really honest about what you know, what you see, and what direction uh, you're trying to move in. So I say just be honest uh, and be factual whenever possible. You know, that's it. All right. Jazakallah khair. May Allah reward your efforts and give you success in this endeavor. Amen. Amen. So with that, I will morph back into my role <laughs> and Tariq will morph back into his as the host. Okay. And, uh, Thank you so much. All right, Radio Islam family. Uh, we thank you for spending this hour with us. Uh, as always, uh, stay in contact with us. Um, today's episode will be up as, ought to be up on Monday, inshallah, with God's permission. We pray that everybody has a, a great a great weekend. This has been uh, this has been a good week. Uh, we're looking forward to a purposeful weekend. Uh, for all of you artists out there, for those who are interested in being considered for a Friday artist profile, send us an email at producer at Radio Islam, producer at Radio Islam, and, uh, and include a link, uh, at least a 30-second link uh, to a performance or uh, share some piece of your work if it's, if it's simply uh, written and, and contact information that we can get back to you. So we look forward to seeing everybody, well, not really seeing you, but hearing you, knowing that you're there uh, this coming Monday, um, have a, a, a blessed weekend. Our executive producer, I'm going in reverse order. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid, uh, your producer and host. Uh, and then we got a co-host. Yeah, so we had two hosts tonight. So <laughs> myself uh, and Ibrahim Beg, who's also the engineer. Our engineer over at WCEV is Leonard. Leonard, you have been putting in some time, man. Um, it's like, what, three days in a row? So, Leonard, hope you have a great weekend also. And what else are we forgetting? Is there, is there like another announcement we need to make? Opinions? Yeah, yeah. If you have opinions, right? If you've got it. Like our opinions are not soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got that all messed up. It's Friday, right? Uh, yes, the opinions, the viewpoints of the uh, of the host, co-host, uh, they are theirs and should not be taken as the uh, position of Sound Vision Inc. Pray that everybody has a blessed weekend once again. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So have a great night, and I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.